0: the lighting process people were doing, where they were talking very like roundabout and then they were like incredibly secretive. And she said, she said 100% of people get better and that it's cured people with diabetes and cancer. We were going there to find out what the process was because I don't wanna do something, I don't know what it is. Their whole policy is they're not allowed to tell you what it is unless that they pay money.
1: Medical error is purported to be the third leading cause of death in the U.S., killing a quarter of a million Americans annually. 23% of Europeans have been affected by medical error. Bad science embeds ME as medical harm globally, making millions missing. But less than 10% of medical errors are reported, because medical error is the secret many healthcare systems and governments work hard to hide. Wrong medication, wrong dose, amputate the wrong limb. I am Scott Simpson, host of Medical Error Interviews, and I talk with patients and families, physicians and advocates about medical error. They share secrets, stories, and most importantly, solutions. Medical Error Interviews is brought to you by my online counseling service, remediescounseling.com, a safe space for people affected by medical error, chronic illnesses, and other life matters. A note of caution, some may be distressed or triggered by the medical experiences of guests. Hello, humanity. I'm Scott Simpson, host of Medical Error Interviews. When Alice Urbino was a young teenager, she got the flu and never got better. Her mother, desperate for her daughter to recover, paid for what she thought was a legitimate treatment, even though young Alice could plainly see the lightning process was based on pseudoscience. Nevertheless, Alice was pressured to partake in a cult-like atmosphere with absurd rituals that amounted to brainwashing. Alice was made to believe that she chose to be sick, and that even expressing feelings of nausea or fatigue were signs that she wasn't trying hard enough and that she had the wrong attitude and that's why she was still sick. Not surprisingly, young Alice was brainwashed and internalized the blame and shame and soon became depressed and started hating herself. For years, belief in this treatment affected Alice's mental health, belief in herself And belief in the physical symptoms she experienced. In our interview, Alice tells us how she overcame the internalized gaslighting caused by the lightning process and to warn us about what she learned about the lightning process's infamous founder Phil Parker, who professes to have the ability to step into other people's bodies to assist them in their healing. Parker, who is often called out as a charlatan on social media, has a long history of financially preying on the sick, vulnerable, and desperate. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and all of the major podcast platforms. You can also support the podcast by becoming a monthly patron. Premium patrons get access to video versions of the podcast interviews. Simply go to patreon.com slash Interviews to become a monthly patron of the podcast. And if you're dealing with the fallout from medical error and or living with complex chronic illnesses, you can book an online video counseling appointment with me through my website at remediescounseling.com. Now here's my interview with Alice Ubrino and a word of warning as always that some folks may be triggered by Alice's experiences with the healthcare system.
0: Thanks,
1: Alice. So where did you grow up and what was your childhood like?
0: So I grew up in Brighton in, the, in England. And it's like a seaside town, really nice. And I had a very good childhood, which goes against a lot of what people want to believe about patients with ME
1: myalgic encephalomyelitis
0: when i was diagnosed with it, everyone called it chronic fatigue syndrome
1: so take us on that journey when did you get sick what was your experience like with the healthcare system
0: so i got sick when i was about from the ages of like 12 onwards i had some kind of like when i'm looking back at it I had some kind of flu-like thing. I remember going from a really active kid. I used to love rollerblading, going to the beach. I was very active. And then I remember constantly having like a permanent flu and being achy and like sneezing, my eyes watering and like bad throat and stuff. But I never knew what it was. And I know that a lot of people catch it from glandular fever and different viruses, but I never really knew what I had. I just remember that I had a lot of flu-like symptoms and then it didn't go away. And then my mum started getting paranoid that her daughter was like always sick. And she went to the doctors and they didn't know what it was. And then I started going on all these like food intolerance test things. Eventually my flu kind of dissipated but that's when the ME kicked in and I was diagnosed when I was around 14, 13? It was around 2006 and all like it's my origin story has always been really like vague because I don't really know what happened or how I got it. All I know is that I had one thing and then I had another thing. So at some point I was really flu-like, and then the next point I was really fatigued and I didn't really know why. And my mom was making me do a million different alternative treatments because she wasn't getting answers from the doctors.
1: Mm. Uh, it's a familiar story for folks with ME. They get the flu, and then they they never get better, and it turns into these other manifestations of other symptoms, which are collectively called ME. Mm -hmm. So uh, you did get a diagnosis of ME after you were sick for about two years, which is kind of quick, considering how messed up our- Yeah, it
0: was really quick, I remember thinking. And I remember we didn't want to accept the diagnosis either, because from our point of view, Like I was a child, I didn't have much say in what was going on. I didn't really know what was going on, but my mother was like, felt like the doctor was quite quick to slap the Emmy label on me. Yeah. When we heard the word chronic fatigue syndrome, it was immediately met with like, Oh, so it's chronic and there's no cure and there's nothing you can do about it. And I don't want to believe that my daughter has that because I don't accept that there's no solution to this. Yeah, for the first year or two of being diagnosed with it, we didn't really accept that that was the diagnosis that was going on, but my mother would look for all these alternatives, which is what many people with ME are forced to kind of do when you're offered practically no help whatsoever from, you know, regular medical fields.
1: Yeah, and from what I understand in the UK, ME is often defined as psychological or psychosomatic. So there's that whole narrative around it too. And nobody wants that label, especially when it's a false label for physical symptoms. I can understand why your you and your family were desperate to try anything else given horrible narrative around me from the medical system and like you say they offer no help uh so what were some of the things that you tried during that
0: time um oh my god it was everything under the sun but i remember when when he first diagnosed me he i was really young and i was always a really happy kid like i never hadn't gotten any hadn't dealt with depression yet or anything like that and I remember when he diagnosed me he said would you like to be on antidepressants to like deal with this and I and I said no because I was like I'm not sad I just want to get better you know there's nothing emotionally wrong with me I just want to treat these physical symptoms so we rejected all that and then went down the shady like alternate medicine route back in like 2007, you know, Twitter wasn't a thing. We couldn't like really connect with lots of different people in the like scientific fields. There wasn't any, you know, medical research about it. So all the things that my mum was like Googling was like, I remember we tried Reiki. We tried, someone put like crystals on me, I swear to God. When to a bunch of different workshops that claim to cure Emmy. I went to one that was like a detox spa where we went to this like cottage and I was forced to stay there for like the weekend and you weren't allowed to eat any solid food and you had to just eat juices and then they did a bunch of treatments on you and they did this thing that was like seemed fake where they put your foot your feet in this bath full of water and they put some kind of weird chemical in it and all these black bits appear in the water and then they say those are the toxins coming out of you and you your foot your liver's not detoxing and you're full of whatever and they said to me i had leaky gut syndrome had all this stuff And my mum is obviously just following it all going, you know, tell me what we need to do, anything. And I'm getting colonics, I'm getting ear candled, all this stuff that as I was a kid, I knew this isn't real and this is all fake. But for my mum's peace of mind, she was just so desperate and was just like, if I from an early age, I knew that, like, whenever I objected and said this is dumb. I was being negative and I need to keep an open mind because I've got nothing to lose. So I have to try everything. There's a lot of that. So, you know, lightning process was the one that affected me the worst out of them all, but all of those things, I am distrustful of. Anyone that says that they have a cure or treatment of rare me, I'm immediately distrustful of because if it existed, it would be on the NHS. It would be through regular routes, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. And so the NHS in the UK, what does that stand for?
0: Oh, that's the National Health Service, okay. and it's just like our free healthcare system.
1: Uh, so you mentioned the lightning process. It has a long, controversial history, uh, where the proponents say that it can cure me by, I think, changing your thought patterns. But since you went through the program, describe uh, what that process was like, and how it impacted you and your health.
0: Yeah, that was the main turning point for me. I remember when my mum, she must have found, I think she found out about it, because one of the like, it's quite cult like, and it has all these everyone who's like a practitioner, or a patient of it they all want to spread the word as much as possible and i think she found another mum who was a practitioner or something and was trying to get her to go so she made me go do this like consultation to see if it was something i'd want to do we drove to this like big yeah it was another like countryside cottage house type thing and the woman i wish i remembered her name but i don't but she was my practitioner and the way she sold it to us immediately put up like so many red flags for me i was just even as a child i remember i must have been about around 15 16 when i went thinking there's no way this is real because i don't know if i have to explain it the way i kind of relate to it is like and when you like research like scientology or like other things they will have this like cadence and like way they speak and like this their own language and that's what the lightning process people were doing where they were talking very like roundabout and then they were like incredibly secretive we were going there to find out what the process was because i don't want to do something i don't know what it is their whole policy is they're not allowed to tell you what it is and no one is allowed allowed to know what it is unless they pay money to unlock that information and they explain that like well you can't tell someone what it is because the idea of it that's not from our mouths and it will ruin the process or something it'll mess up their treatment and I always thought that was really weird like Okay, so you can't tell me what it is, but you want us to pay all this money to go. And then i remember asking like, well, what is the success rate on this? And I kid you not, she like looked us right in the eyes and she said 100% of people get better. 100% of people get cured from this process. So obviously, when she says that, I'm thinking that's statistically impossible. That's just a lie. And my mum was thinking, Oh my God, this is, this is it. This is our savior. And she starts like breaking down into tears and stuff. And in that moment I knew that like, I have to do this, you know, I have to do this for her. And she said, she said hundred percent of people get better and that it's cured people with diabetes and cancer. I remember her saying that to me and just immediately thinking like, I don't know what this is, but I don't believe any of this. And my mum sat me down and she was like, look, the lightning process people, they guarantee it works. I know people it's worked on. And if you go into it with a negative, sceptical brain, you're going to sabotage it for yourself. So you have to go in with an open mind. I did go like, I had doubts, but I suspended my disbelief and definitely tried it with like a hundred percent just like going into it head first I didn't I wasn't like half-heartedly doing it I was attempting my very best to complete the process but the whole thing seemed shady just from the consultation the way it's all secretive you know and like you're not allowed to actually know what it is I thought that was so strange.
1: Yeah, I think anybody who's listening would be like, yeah, that is a big red flag. Uh, uh, And the way you describe it and the parallels with a cult really, uh, really echo true. So once you started the programme, what was what was the programme?
0: Well, my memory is obviously a bit um, wobbly on it, just because it was so long ago, and I blocked out quite a bit. But um, what I remember first they sat us all down in this room and they showed us this presentation which was like phil parker the leader of it um explaining the process and it was basically pseudoscience the entire time but the kind of like it kind it's all this like scientific blabble babble that sounds real and kind of makes sense but actually doesn't really connect with anything in real life but the way he kind of explained it was that your brain is made of all these neurons and pathways and you have physical symptoms because your brain is stuck in thinking in this one way and then if you practice the process eventually it rewires physically the pathways in your brain and you will get better so that was the like kind of concept behind it and then i remember the actual process itself but i know that we were there for quite a while and we did lots of other little things and i don't remember everything there i swear we were sat down and they were trying to like i think if we sat down with like a someone doing psychology on us I don't know if they were a psychologist but they were a practitioner that was doing psychology on us she was trying to ask me like well we need to get to the root of your trauma before like why you got ME like where did it originate from how was your childhood and I'm telling them like my childhood's fine I I had a really happy childhood and they were Like, no, think further back, you know, like, do your parents fight? No, you know, are your parents okay, you know, they're together, they're fine. And then they they boiled it down to a time when I was at school and I think I got like really knotty hair or I got gum in my hair or something and I got it cut off and I had short hair and some people thought I was a boy. But I was never bothered by that because I was always kind of a tomboy anyway. And it, and it never even like crossed my mind as a, anything in my head. And they were trying to pin that as like, that's your traumatic moment that you caught it. And when I was like, that's ridiculous. They were like, well, subconsciously, even if you don't think it is, subconsciously you have this illness because you got your hair cut which I was like, okay, um, whatever. And then they take you into this room and they teach you, there's like two versions of the process. Oh no, first they they talk to you. Um, so this is like a whole aspect of the process that I hated, that I really did not get on with. And it's the whole like language policing. So like their theory is that if you basically acknowledge that you have anything wrong with you at all, you're reinforcing those neurons. So you're not allowed to say the word tired or Emmy, like you're not allowed to ever say any words relating to it. And if you do, they like scold you. So they ask you how you feel. You say, I'm tired. They go wrong. You're not allowed to say that. And it's like, so I'm just supposed to lie all the time i guess i'm supposed to just pretend i'm not feeling what i'm feeling then they teach you the the process and there's two versions of it and the like short version is that you're supposed to like tap on your fingers and each like point in your body represents a part of the process the like big version that's based off is They got four pieces of paper, put it in a circle and you stand on each paper and you walk around and the first section, it says STOP on it in capital letters and it makes you shout it and you have to do like a big motion with it. You have to go STOP and then you walk to the next square. And the next square is they ask you, how do you feel? And you say, I feel tired. And they say, no, you're not allowed to say that. And you say, I feel, you know, not so good or whatever. And they make you rate it on a scale of one to 10. So you say like, I'm an eight on the fatigue scale. And then they make you go to the third one where it says, do you want to go into the pit or do you want to live the life you want? Which is basically saying, do you want to keep doing this or do you want to just stop doing it so you say i choose to live the life i want and you have to say it really loudly and they go okay then you go to a square where it says okay now rate how you feel in the sick in the scale again and you say you know i feel the same i feel exactly the same as I did when we started i feel an eight and they go do it again and you're like Okay, so you you go back and you go through this cycle over and over again. It's kind of like you're you're being interrogated because you start to think like, well, what I'm saying is wrong and they want me to say something else. So eventually you go through it all and you say, oh, I feel a bit better. I was an eight when we started. Now I'm a seven. Well, now I'm a six. And then they say, see, look, see how it made you better. You know, you've got to keep doing that. Then they would, they would say that you're not allowed to say that you have Emmy or that you have fatigue. They instead you have to replace the words with your doing. So I don't have Emmy. I'm doing Emmy and I'm doing fatigue, which was... immediately puts the blame on you. Like this is something you're choosing to have. And basically it just felt like all the scientific jargon that they were giving us at the beginning with the presentation is a way to convince us like, oh, you know, it is physical, it's in the brain. But then the actual process and treatment is just like, stop being crazy and like stop doing it because you're just doing it on purpose. You know, that really didn't, gel well with me yeah i just remember just immediately feeling bad when that was when that was happening it was weird
1: so it it occurs to me that this sounds like what they've done is formalize gaslighting so they're saying you cannot tell us how you're actually physically feeling we don't want to hear about your physical symptoms you must tell us that you're feeling good.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And so by doing that, not only do they formalize the gaslighting, they internalize the gaslighting into the patient.
0: And I think it's especially like it's one thing if you're an adult and you go through this and then at the end of it, you realize, hey, I was being gaslit and this isn't okay," and you just you shun it But when you're a child. You don't know what any of this is. You trust the adults know better and you internalize every single element of what they're doing to you. I was around 15. I was already kind of emotionally stunted because I'd been taken out of school for four years. I hadn't had any friends or had any social life. This is what I was absorbing to like help me develop as a human and What I learned from the lightning process was that I was somehow doing Emmy, that it was my fault and that if I don't get better from it, it's because I didn't really want to get better and it's all my fault. There's something wrong with me and it's not them. And what I found really hard about that, I didn't really know any other patients that had gone that felt the same way as I did. And the only people I knew that had ME were other Lightning Process people. And same with my mother. When I finished Lightning Process and I wasn't particularly any better, well, what they do is they, they, like when they say like 100% of people get better, they're basically just ask, they're they're pressuring you to say that you feel better. And then when you do, they tick that as like, you're better. And then they never follow up on all the crashes you know horrible aftermath of what happened because my mum she went through the whole process with me because she was like my carer and she wanted to know everything she didn't have that skepticism that I did she was she's a very like she trusts people all the time and unfortunately that resulted in when I was saying that I felt bad or that you know, I don't think this lighting process works. It would be met with, I haven't seen you do it enough and you're not trying hard enough, you know, and and, and they're good people and and you're, you're too negative. You're being too negative. So immediately it's like, I just internalized feeling like I was crazy. And then when you go, like they, they do this, like follow up on you. I remember telling them, like, I still have, have it in me and you know about the 100% of patients get better. And I knew that was a lie because I knew um, I had a friend that did it and didn't get better. And they tell you that like, oh, well, 100% of patients that want to get better, if you aren't better, you don't really want it. You're, you're, you're not really trying and you don't actually want to get better. You secretly want to stay ill. So when I heard that, it just kind of broke my my like childhood developmental brain, and triggered like a decade of not really understanding why I felt like I was crazy, and that I hated myself. Like it just it just triggered this feeling of just like, if I'm doing this to myself, and my brain or or something about me is intentionally doing this to myself, then I hate myself. And I hate anyone that would make me suffer like this. And if I'm the one to blame, then I hate me. And I don't deserve to live. And you know, I went through this just years and years of just horrendous depression and like suicidal ideation and and I didn't understand where any of it came from. All I knew was that I hated myself. I didn't know why. And my mum didn't know why, she didn't understand. That's the real dangerous part of the lightning process, especially with kids, you know, like being told that at such a young age, you, you don't know any better to dispute it you know, to this day, I still, when I feel bad, or have a crash and I, and I feel exhausted, I think, is it all in my head? Am I, am I crazy? Is it real? I only really overcame that about a year or two ago when I started researching like the updated science and research on it and like connecting with people on Twitter that had gone through the same thing as me and it suddenly clicked wait, I was right when I was a kid. And they're the people who are in the wrong and they're like the con artists. And I've been made, been suffering all these years because of something that they put in my head.
1: Yeah, just so everybody's perfectly clear, the lightning process tells the patient that the reason that they're sick is because they choose to be sick. And that they can choose not to be physically sick by changing the way they talk to themselves and that many lightning process victims internalize that message and as you experience that message turns into self hatred to the point where you're wanting to take your own life and it it's impacted you for 10 years. And as you say, it's only been in the last year or two when you've been able to connect with other victims of the lightning process and and get up to date on the research that you've realized that uh, you're actually physically sick, not mentally sick, and that you've been conned.
0: Yeah, I always felt like, like I had this kind of conflicting you know, message going on, because on one hand, I'd have, like, my parents saying, you know, it is real, it's real, you're not crazy, but on the other hand, you believe the lightning process, and the lightning process is telling me that I can cure myself through just thinking it away, and wishing it away, like, you literally, you tap your fingers, and you wish it goes away, yeah, just thinking this, yeah, this must all be my fault, I went through years and years of therapy. I started—it's pretty much straight after the lightning process. That's when I became depressed. I was never depressed before, and I went through all this therapy, loads of different therapists, did nothing. Didn't know what was wrong with me. And then the last therapist I had was different from all the others, and he, because I because I was always doing like CBT therapy, and I hated that because it was just. Cognitive behavioral therapy, and it was very similar to the lightning process the sense of like you have a thought, just change it and think something else. And I could never do that, I never understood that because in my head, what I was thinking is real, and if I say anything else, I'm lying and it's not authentic. And then I went to a therapist that specialized in ABT or ACT, which was like acceptance based therapy. Yeah, acceptance therapy.
1: Yeah, and commitment, ACT acceptance and commitment
0: therapy. ACT, yeah, yeah. Basically more focusing on the fact that I have to accept that I do have something wrong with me and it's physical and I can't change it. During that was when I started kind of awakening, oh, everything's about the lighting process because I remember my therapist being like, so when, you know, when was the first time you were depressed? And I was like, oh, it was around... 16 and he was like well, what had you just done at that age and I was like well about a year before I had just done the lightning process and then I just realized all of it stemmed from that like all this suffering I've been going through was because of that one single thing that I did and I it was crazy that I didn't realize that because you know I thought I was the only one in the world that it didn't work for so I'm there's something wrong with me and I hate it myself. And then you go on Twitter and you realize that thousands of people have the exact same experience as you and you know, there's that kid, there was a kid in Norway recently that just tried to kill himself after not getting better from lightning process. And it's like this huge issue. And that sent me down this rabbit hole of being like, well, now I'm really interested in like what the truth is and you start researching Phil Parker, who is the creator of it, and he's got like the shadiest past ever that's just completely illegitimate, and it just blows your mind because because you're reading this and you're like, why is this not known, and why is this thing still so big and just readily accepted? And it was on it was on the BBC the other day; someone was still talking. It's everywhere, it's crazy to me. So like, it's only recently I've just, I feel like I've just been, I don't know, like red-pilled into realizing the the truth and, you know, someone sent me this old, like, archived page of his old, like, prototype process he did before the lightning process, and it literally says in it that, like, he used to be a spirit, he used to be a spiritual, Leader, he used to be an aura specialist and he used to think that he could like physically astral project into people's bodies and control them. And he used to think that he could diagnose people's illnesses purely on what color aura they have. And you're reading this and you're like, this is so not scientific in any way. How is he allowed in these scientific fields? How are these doctors and all these like? you know seemingly legitimate people promoting him how are people allowed on the bbc talking about this why is he not faced any repercussions and being banned it's crazy when you you see you know how wacky it kind of gets when you read into his past
1: Yeah, it's really disturbing when uh, certain high profile UK psychiatrists validate Phil Parker and the lightning process. But when you look at those people, they're from that same camp where you can change your physical symptoms through your mind. So they really, although appear to give legitimacy to Phil Parker, they have no legitimacy themselves. So you've had this realisation that uh, you've been scammed and conned and harmed. Uh, How have your parents been about the information that you've realised?
0: They took it surprisingly well, because I think we were at a point in our relationship where I'd gone through so many psychological issues, uh, it must have been a hell to like deal with me and parent me. And I was finally kind of getting better because I was working through all of it in therapy and I found a therapist that was actually helping me for a change. And he told me like, you have to talk to your parents about it. My parents live in America, so I don't see them that often. It was quite, it was quite of an, it was a bit of an ordeal because I was crashing really badly at the time. I was really exhausted and I was still kind of dealing and processing through all this trauma that I didn't really hadn't fully processed yet so I was a bit of an emotional wreck and I remember just telling my mum like look my therapist wants me to talk and she's a, a therapist as well so she's quite trustworthy of that kind of stuff and I was telling her like look therapist wants me to talk to you about this and I just want you to listen and hear me out and don't, you know, argue it or anything and just believe me. And I told her like, whenever I bring up my doubts in the lighting process, you shut me down and call me negative. And I'm telling you now that, you know, this is the reality of it and this is how it made me feel. You know, she was really receptive and listened and apologized. And since then, Our relationship's been a lot better because yeah I think I you know probably held a lot of resentment for all the stuff that I did because I wanted her to feel better but it wasn't really about me feeling better yeah they they're they're all aware of it now definitely
1: uh, and so it, it sounds like you're healing that rupture that the lightning process caused between you and your mom. And sometimes that healing can create a stronger relationship after. Definitely. And so, how are you doing now? Both, how's your ME symptoms and, and impacting your life, and how's your headspace?
0: Um, I think I'm doing good. I definitely don't have as much energy as I have had in the past but I'm also not as bad as I've been in the past either so it's just like a constant wave and I think I'm I'm coming to terms with like now that I know that it's not all in my head I'm not crazy and that it's not all my fault it's it's easy to just like when I feel something I just accept it whether before I would feel it and I would go through all this emotional turmoil and i would cry, and I'd, I'd get so distraught by what I was feeling because I'm thinking this feels so real to me but is it real and it would make me do that every time I had a crash which would make me more tired because I'd be emotionally exhausted going this horrible cycle so I'm finally able to like break that cycle and, and when I feel bad I'm like okay I accept this and I just have to rest and you know because there's a pandemic going on it doesn't you know it seems quite normal to just be in bed all day because that's kind of what everyone's doing right now yeah I'm doing okay I think I think it's helped loads but I definitely have this like just resentment left towards Phil Parker and and lightning process people because you'll just turn because ever since I started following people you know in the ME community on Twitter, sometimes he'll pop up and sometimes you'll see people talking about him and it just sends you down that, you know, spiral and you think, oh no, it's happening again. And he started like trying to target people with long COVID now because he was recently banned in the NICE guidelines or mentioned in it to not give to ME patients so now he's targeting another vulnerable group and it's just you know I just want just I want him to face some kind of repercussions and I I don't know if he ever will
1: yeah it sounds like whenever he pops up on Twitter it's triggering of a reminder of the trauma he's caused too
0: it is yeah Yeah. and I, I have to try really hard not to go on like a twitter rampage and you know whenever you show someone who's a process person you'll show them like he thinks he can astral project and and diagnose people based on their auras and they'll just they just don't want to they don't want to hear it they just go i'm not reading that we have to agree to disagree and you're crazy and you're negative you know people with diabetes and cancer can't wish it away so when you have these people that they're like mini versions of phil parker and they'll you know, you can tell them your experience all you want, but you know, I, like I, I compare it to Scientology because it's like a Scientologist who loves Scientology can be aware that all this abuse is happening, but it doesn't matter because it, it's good for them. So you know, I'm not going to leave because I like it and I don't I don't want to hear or know about any of the horrors that are going on in the background and. That's what it feels like where it's just like I don't care that all these people are suffering from it and you know getting worse because of it and becoming suicidal because of it because it makes me feel better and I want to believe it and they just end up gaslighting you and saying that you know you'll be negative and you're crazy and it's just it's hard to I, I never really know what to do about it because I guess I'm so I spent so many years like hiding it and not talking about miami and not talking about my experience it's it's hard now and i to just not like shout about it all the time like i just want people to know what they're getting into before they sign up to it you know you're not allowed to know what it is like people should know what it is you know
1: absolutely for sure and uh, by sharing your story today you're making more people aware of the the potential harm from the lightning process and especially like you say those folks with long COVID who are very desperate now not to be sick anymore um they will be especially vulnerable to charlatans like phil parker and the lightning process
0: yeah that's definitely like my biggest fear is that you're now seeing this whole new group of people no one's learning from the mistakes that we had to go through. And it's like, I don't want to see all these people go through what I went through. I don't want it to just happen again, you know? I I want people to listen to us. And, you know, maybe the next generation won't have to go through that kind of suffering, but it seems to just just repeat itself constantly, you know?
1: Yeah, it can be disheartening that the medical system doesn't seem to be able to self-correct itself. If folks wanted to connect with you on social media, how would they do that?
0: On Twitter, it's just Alice Obino, A-L-I-C-E-U-R-B-I-N-O. And same on Instagram.
1: Okay, so I'll put links to both your Instagram and your Twitter account in the show notes so people can find you there.
0: would be
1: nice thank you for sharing your story and for getting the word out there no doubt you will be preventing people from having to go through the same year-long trauma and self-gaslighting that you experienced so that will be very meaningful
0: yeah that's the goal i think this is this is a whole part of me kind of slowly moving on from it if i can help people know the truth
1: part of your healing process yeah it is great thanks alice enjoy the rest of your day and rest hard
0: i will thank you so much for everything
1: well a big thanks to alice for sharing her story and giving us all a heads up about the lightning process a a real scam and a sham And as Alice reports, it has caused quite a bit of harm to her. Fortunately, now she is coming out the other side of that trauma and that gaslighting and is moving forward with her life. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and all of the major podcast platforms. You can also support the podcast by becoming a monthly patron. Premium patrons get access to video versions of the podcast interviews. Simply go to patreon.com slash medicalerrorinterviews to become a monthly patron of the podcast. And if you're dealing with the fallout from medical error and or living with complex chronic illnesses, you can book an online video counseling appointment with me through my website at remediescounseling.com.